Welcome into Locked On Phillies. It's time to panic about the Philadelphia Phillies again. Or maybe it's not. Or maybe it is. No, nah, it's not. Maybe. It could be. Find out in today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Been talking Phil's baseball for years, a lot of places. 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. NBC Sports Philadelphia on the TV and baseball dugouts around the East Coast as I was playing growing up collegiately, semi-pro ball, been around the game for a long time, been around the Phillies for a long time. I want to thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the question of the day, to panic or not to panic. The Philadelphia Phillies got swept by the Atlanta Braves down in Atlanta in a series that wasn't non-competitive, but didn't feel particularly close for your Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves take all three games down there. And now a lot of people are talking about a September collapse once again for the Philadelphia Phillies. We already had one of these shows where I completely panicked following the West Coast trip where the Phillies lost two to the Arizona Diamondbacks and got swept by the San Francisco Giants. So five out of six games on a West Coast swing were all losses. And I came on here and I said, hey, I'm panicking. They need to calm me down. And then they came out and took care of business against the Marlins and the Nationals again, and then the Marlins again. So uh, they're, they're in a better spot then. Now, though, the question is, do they panic again? I'll read you the wild card standings right now. San Diego, the Padres have overtaken the Phillies for the second wild card spot. They are a half game up at 81 and 66. The Philadelphia Phillies are at 80 and 66, and they're only two games up on the Milwaukee Brewers, who are 78 and 68, for that final wild card spot. They're two games away, two and a half games, really, because the Phillies have the uh, tiebreaker over both the Brewers and the Padres, by the way. But it's a slim, slim margin for the Philadelphia Phillies to be in. And it's a very tough week upcoming for your Philadelphia Phillies to deal with this. Uh, It's not an easy stretch for them. And I'll tell you what, of those three teams, it's kind of, I call it the the trinity of the National League wildcard race. San Diego, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. Two in, one out. Will the Philadelphia Phillies be in? I'm going to tell you right now, I've made my decision on the to panic or not to panic. Do not panic. The Philadelphia Phillies are still a playoff team. The Philadelphia Phillies are still going to win either the second or the third wild card spot. They're going to get in. They're going to be fine. They play the Nationals for another series. They play the Chicago Cubs for another series. And that comes up in two weeks. But this week, well, this week is paramount for me to be right on my prediction that the Philadelphia Phillies are absolutely still a playoff baseball team because there's not a lot of margin for error. Now, here's why I think they're still in. They still have the more talented roster of either of those three teams. Yes, more talented than San Diego, who traded for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Yes, more talented than the Milwaukee Brewers. The Phillies are the more talented roster of those three. It may not be easy to see because they play in a juggernaut division with two of the best five teams in baseball, but 
And the Phillies are absolutely up there. They're good enough. They're talented enough. They're going to find a way in. They still have the benefit of the tiebreaker over both of these teams. That's a huge, huge thing down the stretch. Over the course of 16 games, I think if they even just go 500, they go 8-8, eight and eight, they're going to win 88 games. They're going to be a playoff team. I feel super confident that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to do that. But, hey, it starts with this week. And I'll tell you, I wrote a nice article for 97.5thefanatic.com if you want to go over there and check this out in writing form with a little bit more detail. But the Philadelphia Phillies this week is paramount for them. I'll read you the schedule that they have coming up. And we're going to do a little bit of previewing of the Atlanta series in the next segment. But here's the Philly schedule for the week. They're off today. Today's Monday, September 19th. The Eagles play Monday night football. I'll be down there for that. Nice little off night for the Philadelphia Phillies to recap and regroup from that long road trip to Adam in Miami for three games and Atlanta for three games. They were gone all of last week. Now they're back home this week. The Phillies are at home versus the Toronto Blue Jays for two games starting tomorrow. And then those Atlanta Braves, yeah, they come back and you get them for four more games uh, versus the Braves at Citizens Bank Park. And I, I misspoke. We're not previewing the Braves series later. We're previewing the series with the Toronto Blue Jays, that two-game set that we're going to see. The Blue Jays, who took two of two uh, against the Philadelphia – or no, took one of two against the Philadelphia Phillies up north of the border with a couple guys not able to travel earlier this season. So – We'll preview the Blue Jays coming up, but that's tough. The Blue Jays are a really, really good baseball team. The Blue Jays right now, they're in the top wild card spot in the American League. They're 83-64. and 64. That's a playoff team. They have a two-game lead on Seattle, who has a four-game lead on the Baltimore Orioles. The Toronto Blue Jays are right around the corner for clinching a playoff berth. Uh, it's a shame because the Blue Jays are 83-64, and 64, and they're basically clinched already. The Phillies are not too far off that pace. They're 80 and 66, and they're on their way out of the postseason, as it looks like right now. They'd have a lot more buffer uh, in the American League, two more games to work with over the Orioles. But hey, you, you play the division and the cards you're dealt. It's just kind of how it is. Then the Phillies have to face the Atlanta Braves, who are unbelievable, could very well still win the NL East, the hottest team in baseball over the past three months. They're 91 and 55. So the Phillies, yeah, they've got a tough stretch coming up. And the teams they're competing against, well, They've got easier stretches coming up. The San Diego Padres, you're not really too worried about them, right? Because you're not trying to chase down San Diego. You'll take care of business as it comes to you. And the biggest thing is just staying above Milwaukee so that you end up making it in. But the San Diego Padres, well, they have an easier schedule than what the Philadelphia Phillies have coming up. Just looking at their week for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, they do have to face the Cardinals three times starting on Tuesday. And the Cardinals are a good team. But then they travel to uh, Colorado and play the Rockies for three games. That's an easy series. Those are a couple wins for the San Diego Padres if you just look at the records there. And the Cardinals are a more beatable team than the Braves and probably on par with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, depending on how you, uh, how you play that out. Maybe, maybe slightly better, but an easier stretch for the San Diego Padres than it is for the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Milwaukee Brewers, well, they're even easier when you look at it. The Brewers will uh, play tonight. They're the only of these three teams that's in action because they have three games against the New York Mets start, or sorry, the New York Yankees starting at home. But still, the Yankees are unbelievable. Aaron Judge is one away from hitting his 60th home run. He had two yesterday. That Yankees team is still playing for something. That's a really tough set of games. 
And then they follow it up with four games against the Cincinnati Reds. That's annoying. Four games at are on the road in Cincinnati, but still, four games against the Cincinnati Reds could very well be four wins. That's going to be really tough to keep up with when your four games are against the Atlanta Braves and your other two games are against the Toronto Blue Jays. So we're rooting hard for a Yankee sweep. We're rooting really, really hard for the Cincinnati Reds. But this week is paramount because you can't just look at the opponents and say, hey, we got an easy week coming up next week. If we drop a couple of games that we shouldn't this week, whatever. No, the Phillies need to split both of these series or they could very much be out of a playoff spot as they head into next week. Now, this isn't panic. This is just factual of what they need to do. Uh, I'm expecting one out of three in or against the New York Yankees for the Brewers. I'm expecting three out of four. So that's four wins for the Brewers. The Phillies need to find a way to win three so they still have a game lead heading into next week. And then they should be able to pick up games because they play the Nationals and the Cubs. And those are very winnable series and those are very winnable games. But, man, it's go time. There are 16 games left for the Philadelphia Phillies, and this is live or die by every game type of territory. It's a tough week. You still got to temper your expectations. You can't expect them to go out and sweep everybody and beat every team that shows up because now these games are really seriously mattering for the wild card race. But it's uh, these are all big games from here on out. They absolutely are. And we'll see how, how they play. But that's the stakes that the Philadelphia Phillies are working with right now as an 81 baseball team. Coming up next, we're going to preview what's going on versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Pitching matchups, how that plays out, what the Blue Jays have been doing lately, and whether or not the Phillies have a chance to maybe do better than split. We'll talk about it coming up next on Locked on Phillies. Got this nice little overlay down here. You see that? It's for Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, everything, including this year's opening week games, week two games, week three games, week four games. Keep it going. All season long, BetOnline is your place to check out everything you need to know about football. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including major league baseball mma boxing golfing all of it so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online it's where the game starts all right let's hop into a little preview of the philadelphia phillies and the toronto blue jays the blue jays uh, of course we said it we'll go back and we'll say it again they're the top wild card team in the American League. They are currently holding down that spot. They're right around the corner from clinching because the Baltimore Orioles are pretty far out from making their way into the wild card race. I don't know their magic number, but I do know that they're currently a 83-64 and 64 win baseball team. 565 win percentage compared to the Phillies, who are an 80-66, and 48% win percentage. So a slightly better team, but comparable. These are two teams that should be very evenly matched. Advantage Philadelphia because they play at home. Advantage Philadelphia because these games mean a little bit more. Let's look at the pitching matchups because in game one, Kyle Gibson will take the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies, while Ross Stripling will tow the rubber for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, I'm going to read you some splits for Ross Stripling. First of all, his overall statistics, he's 8-4 and four this year with a 2.94 ERA. He's been really good. 102 strikeouts, not really a big strikeout guy, a 
9-9 whip, a sub-1 whip. This is a guy that throwing from the right side of the mound. Uh, also, Blue Bell PA, a local guy. You know that adds a little bit when someone comes back here. He's 32. He's been a veteran in this league for a while. And uh, in the majors, he's been a very serviceable pitcher for a long time. Well, he's a local guy who's been having a really good year for a playoff team. He's going to come in ready to shove. Versus the Philadelphia Phillies, he made one start in that earlier uh, series. And if you remember, he went seven innings pitched. He only gave up two hits, two runs. None of them earned. Uh, he gave up one home run, but it wasn't an earned run because there was an error in the inning. He struck out six. So not a huge strikeout guy, uh, but it's also a guy that pretty much handled the Philadelphia Phillies last time he faced them. That was, remember, without Bryce Harper, J.J. Ramuto, Alec Boehm, guys that couldn't travel. Uh, due to COVID vaccine restrictions, and Bryce Harper was still hurt. Gene Segura was also still hurt for that series. So it was not the Phillies team that he's going to see this time around. But still, he handled the Phillies last time out. And here are his away numbers. He's made 10 starts in away games, 56 innings pitched, uh, 20 runs, 20 earned runs in those 56 innings. So, uh, yes, susceptible on the road much better at home than he is on the road, but he doesn't really give up home runs all that much. He doesn't really strike out all that much. Not a power pitcher, just a guy that's going to work to light contact, try and work around you from the right side, a veteran that knows what he's doing. Meanwhile, Kyle Gibson taking the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. He could really, really use a good start for the Phillies. He's up to a 4-4-5 ERA. Now he is 10-6. and 10 wins is a good season for him. 125 Ks. Not bad. A one-two-seven whip needs to get that down a little bit, but uh, he's he's been good at home this year. In ninety-two and a third innings pitched uh, at home this year, he's only given up forty earned runs, thirteen home runs given up at home. Uh, part of that's the ballpark. Twenty-three walks given up at home, which is you need to get that down a little bit. Sixty-eight strikeouts. So, uh, I, I mean, he's we know what Kyle Gibson is, right? He can have a game where he looks like a Cy Young candidate. And then he'll have two or three where he looks like just your average run-of-the-mill major league pitcher. Fingers crossed that tomorrow night we get really, really good Kyle Gibson. That's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, I'd imagine that the Toronto Blue Jays are probably favored tomorrow night in that game just because of how good Ross Stripling has been this year for them. And that's advantage Toronto in game one. Game two, though, and here's the big thing. This is what's listed on ESPN. This is what the Phillies have come out and said. Zach Wheeler will make his return to the mound against the Toronto Blue Jays. And that's huge. I didn't want to bring that up in the first segment because I wanted to talk about it here and what it means for the Philadelphia Phillies. The other thing that I think is interesting, Zach Wheeler is not going to be throwing extended starts. Probably going to throw about three, maybe four innings as he works his way back up to get ready for October, hopefully. I think it's for October. I think the Phillies are going to make it. But then you also have Noah Syndergaard as his piggyback pitcher. And what does that mean, if you haven't heard that term before? What that means is Noah Syndergaard is no longer in the rotation. He's being replaced in the rotation by Bailey Falter. So now the Phillies' rotation is Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Gibson, Falter. And what Syndergaard is going to do is on days that Zach Wheeler pitches, he'll come in out of the pen and throw two, three, four innings in relief of Zach Wheeler to try and get it to a totality of maybe like seven or eight innings from those two pitchers to save the bullpen to basically create a start out of two guys rather than wearing Zach Wheeler's arm down 
or overusing the bullpen. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see how they handle that. A lot on Rob Thompson's plate to make the right decisions on when to pull Wheeler, when to insert Syndergaard, when to pull Syndergaard and go to the rest of the bullpen. But Wheeler's back. He will make his start against the Toronto Blue Jays. That's a huge boost for this team, having their best pitcher back for that game. That's an automatic. The Philadelphia Phillies have the pitching advantage in that game. But they're facing a guy who knows a little bit what he's doing on the mound, been around for a while. Kevin Gosman, 31-year-old veteran, bats lefty but throws righty. I don't know why they still have the batting-handedness for pitchers here on ESPN. But a righty pitcher who's 12-10 and 10 this year, 3-4-5 ERA, 186 Ks. So he is a strikeout guy, 1-2-4 whip. He's a guy that's going to K a bunch of people every year. That's kind of what he is. He's just a right-handed uh, pitcher still with good stuff into his early 30s. A little bit of a power pitcher, of course. And he's got 102 strikeouts away. 23 against the National League. And his last start, he went seven innings pitched, six hits, five run, five earned, K'd seven. So you see that. He's going to strike out seven, eight, nine a game. But you can still get runs off of him. He gave up two home runs. Uh, he had issues in that start. His last couple of games, an 11-0 loss to Tampa Bay, gave up seven runs to the Texas Rangers, uh, and did handle the Baltimore Orioles. But I think this lineup, of course, is significantly better than the Baltimore Orioles, the one that the Phillies trot out. So those are the pitching matchups. Advantage Phillies in game two, advantage Blue Jays in game one. The lineups are pretty similar as far as their ability. The total number of wins are pretty similar. As far as that goes, I don't know. I don't know how to call this series. I think, frankly, the determinants are going to be, number one, the Phillies are playing at home. Benefit to them. Home crowd, hopefully. And this is this is funny. I'm going to go a little bit meta on you here, but stick with me on this. Philadelphia sports is, uh, well, sports in general. A very a, a high tide raises all boats, right? What that means is think about Boston in the 2000s in general. The Patriots are really good. And all of a sudden, people are really excited about the Patriots, and then the Red Sox break the curse. And then the Bruins are really good. And then the Celtics run into one in 2008. And then all of a sudden, the Patriots continue to be a dynasty, and the Red Sox win every other year. And the Celtics are pretty good and competitive, and the Bruins are really good every year. And when you get excited about one team, then you get excited about sports in general. Then you support those teams more. Sports becomes more a part of your culture. Players want to come to a place that's winning, all of that stuff. One super dynasty in a city like Boston or New York or Philly or Washington or Baltimore, these Northeast cities that live and die by sports and have it as part of their fabric of their community, it creates a better environment for all sports teams. On a very, very micro scale, if the Eagles win tonight and the Eagles win their home opener over the Minnesota Vikings at Lincoln Financial Field and look like they're on the path to be a really, really talented football team, that can bump people up. That can be, hey, man, that was awesome. I want to get down to the South Philly Sports Complex. I want to go to a Phillies game this week. I want Let's go root on the Phillies, and we can have a red October, and we can have the Eagles be a really good start to the year. If the Eagles lose, well, it could be, man, the Eagles lost, the Phillies are collapsing, we get down on ourselves because that's the Philadelphia way. Listen, it's possible. So this could affect it tonight too, but I hope the Eagles win so that 
There may be a little bit more of a pop for the home crowd against the Toronto Blue Jays for the Phillies, and maybe that plays in. But but also these games matter more to the Phillies than they matter to the Blue Jays, just slightly, just ever so slightly. But that pressure could lead to burst pipes or diamonds. Uh, we'll find out. I like the Phillies to at least split and maybe, maybe steal the sweep in this one. We'll keep an eye on it, and we'll have a further preview of game one tomorrow, as well as off the poll. We'll react to the responses to the who's your Philadelphia Phillies MVP and all of that. But coming up next, wrapping up today's episode, I want to give you a little bit of an update for some scheduling because I have some special episodes coming out later this week because I'll be a little bit out of town traveling for a wedding. I got some stuff I'll be recording ahead of time that I want to share with you looking back on this season and looking forward. We'll discuss coming up next on Locked on Phillies. Okay, so I'm traveling for a wedding this weekend. I'm going to be in a wedding up in Vermont. Uh, So I'll be out of the state Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'm going to keep an eye on everything, of course. I should be back Monday in time to record an episode uh, later that afternoon. Just the only reason I'm out of the state Monday is because I don't feel like waking up early um, after uh, enjoying a couple beverages at a a wedding a couple states away and have to drive back for work at 4 a.m. Yeah, so I'll definitely have an episode out on Monday, but we're going to have a couple special episodes out over the weekend to keep you filled in with all your Philly stuff. And two of them are going to be top 10. It's going to be the top 10 best moments of the Philadelphia Phillies season. And the next one's going to be the top 10 worst moments of the Philadelphia Phillies season. So those will be our episodes for Friday and a special bonus one on Saturday. Just kind of a recap. Um, one of those like uh, spoken yearbooks, I guess we'll call it. Like, you know, the Phillies have their uh, video yearbook at the end of the year that they'll play forever on NBC Sports Philadelphia during rain delays. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take care of that uh, and do that here for Lock On Phillies, partially to get it out of the way so that we can focus 100% on the content of the playoff race the rest of the way, partially because I'm not going to be here for up-to-date uh, immediate reactions during this stretch. Now, trust me, this is the only time I'm going anywhere. Need the Phillies to hang on this week, but next week, um, completely zoned in. A week after that, you're going to have immediate responses to these games that matter a bunch for the Philadelphia Phillies and their playoff race. But those two episodes will be recorded, and that'll be our Friday episode and our Saturday episode. Everything between now and Thursday is all going off as normal. So you get the normal amount of content from Locked On Phillies. Just wanted to let you know what the schedule was going forward. If you see some episodes, it's like, hey, why isn't he recapping this game? Or why is he talking like this game didn't happen? I'm probably going to record those episodes tomorrow and Wednesday and get that all squared away for you so that you have the content. So uh, bear with me with that as I smack my microphone. Sorry about that. I do that so much. Uh, Bear with me uh, through that while I record those uh, for you. We'll have the regular daily content and then back at it again there. But that's how I uh, keep you all informed while I uh, travel a little bit. But uh, you guys are the best. Now you listen in, check everything out. Keep rating, reviewing, subscribing. Stay locked in to Locked On Phillies. I'll give you all the latest information and my thoughts on how they're doing, why I don't think they're collapsing, what happens and changes as the Phillies go through the stretch. They're one of the most interesting teams in baseball right now. These are some of the most important games of a really long season. Don't zone out now. Need each and every one of you pulling for the Philadelphia Phillies so that they can make it into the playoffs for the first time since 2011. So stay locked in on Locked on Phillies. Thank you one more time for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day and make your second listen Locked on MLB. 
hey, we got to keep our head on a swivel. A lot of teams that the Phillies are either chasing or fighting off. Got to see what's going on with the opponents they have coming up. Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, he does a great job on Lock On MLB. Covers the league in general. A lot of great information over there. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, the Odyssey app, everything. Check out Paul Sullivan's work on Locked On MLB. That's all my time for today. We will talk to you ahead of Phillies Blue Jays Game 1 tomorrow.